Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 15 O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and who do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest, and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Though Those who do these things shall never be moved. Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 14. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make, a gods, make gods for us, who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a, of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. And of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, Change your mind and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven. In all this land that I have promised, I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. James chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. But ask in faith, never doubting, 
For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Good morning and welcome to the 12th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 15, Exodus 32, and James 1. And I'm, I'm always kind of fascinated with the names that we give to God. Uh, when I took Arabic and, and returned to Iraq as a civilian, I learned... Uh, that one of the kind of distinct, uh, you know, kind of things of Islam is that they have all these names, God the Merciful, God the Great, God the, you know, all these different names. And they write, you know, this artful calligraphy, and it's just incredible. Um, and in, well, Western Christianity, we kind of have, well, we have a much uh, narrower um, slew of referential titles for God. So there's God, there's Lord, there's Almighty, uh, there's Father, um, but there aren't there aren't that many for Christians. Um, because I, you know the what God is is important, right? Uh, Moses is one of the first questions Moses asks of God, and God says, "I am who I am." Uh, or I am being who I am being because of the the uh, the the tense in Hebrew is absent. He says Yahweh, which means either I was that I was, I am that I am, or I will be that I will be. So it's this timeless, uh, grammatically perfect, indefinite article uh, attached to existence. Right? Um, I mean the fundamental thing of of existence is that you are, right? Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. But the M, I am, that's you know, that's at the the foundation of how we understand, you know, existence. I am. You are, they uh they are, he or she is, right? And so God, the in Genesis one, the very beginning, um the title that's given to God is Elohim, and it's a borrowed word from you know ancient Canaan, um, and the singular um, version of God is El, which is all also like in Spanish it's the right. It's just that's what God is. It's just the um, everything, nothing, all at once, right? You can't feel God, taste God, touch God, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, Elohim is the plural of El. So um, in simple language, in the simplest terms, Genesis 1 begins with, in the beginning, God's created. God's created the heavens and the earth. Elohim created the Shemayim, the heavens and the earth, Eretz, the earth. Uh, and so this plural word is being used uh, in reference to a, a singular kind of entity. Uh, and it go- continues on, and, and Yahweh is um, another 
way of talking about I am who I am and God. Um, but Elohim is the equivalent, the straight line equivalent of gods. Um, the God of Israel is, is not called El, God. The God of Israel is called Elohim as a referential title, which is gods. It always says gods, and that is how that is what this eternal divine entity is. Um, and so in the golden calf episode, Moses goes off, and they're getting impatient. And they don't know it, but it's it's kind of a test. I talked earlier this week about fuck-fuck games. Um, it doesn't take that long for God to inscribe you know, two tablets of stone, right? But he's, uh, but Moses is gone for a while, and the people lose faith. They go to Aaron, Moses's brother, and say, "Make gods for us." And that's um, the ESV and NRSV. They'll say, "Make little g with an s at the end, gods." But it's the same Hebrew word as Genesis one: "Make gods for us." Make this thing that is missing. Um, show us who this, uh, you know, make this perfect, eternal entity, make it imperfect, bring it into, you know, out of the indefinite article into a definite article, um, and um, we want to see it. We want to know what this God is that brought us out of Egypt. Um, and so it's it's confusing to think about God or gods, right? Because they say gods, but they say Elohim. Make Elohim for us. And so it's this paradoxical, deliberate confrontation between singular and plural in God's name. Um, And I say that because there's something about that collective identity, the individual's absorption into a collective identity from Israel the person, you know, the, the third patriarch who's once named Jacob, and Israel, the people, uh, which are the 12, you know, kind of 13, but 12 and two halves, two half tribes, um, that's also Israel, right? So this uh, individual or, or singular getting absorbed into the collective, whether it's Israel, whether it's God's, or whether it's, um, you know, the, the ordered assembly of soldiers, you know, kind of giving up their individuality for the good of the whole. Um, that this is this is something that happens over and over again in the Bible, and not just with gods, but also with Israel. Um, and depending how you read some of the the other passages, the um, the the people, uh, the I'm sorry, the uh, Israel is um, very is frequently like the the hosts of Israel um, are are naming the organized collective whole into which everybody belongs, right? Um, it kind of is a tangent, but um, the military, in my mind, it, or well, to me, that was where I learned what it means to give up a bit of myself to become part of something bigger, um, and I think that's good, like in the biblical sense, good, to uh, maintain a little bit of yourself, but to uh, subordinate um, certain self-interests to the whole. 
such that you become a part of the whole. So little, you know, I don't know, Jeremiah, who's born Jewish and he's in exile, like he's, you know, he is a Jew, but he's also a, a, an integral part of the people Israel. Christians and, and the way we talk about the body of Christ is it's the same way. Many members, one body. Um, uh, the one of the, I got into this conversation recently with an academic, and we were kind of wrestling briefly with um, what does what is the pre-fall military look like? Like what was the military organized for? What is it? What purpose does it serve in God's eyes? You know, and and what if it's not um, primarily about violence? Um, so the, uh, the the question of what does a military look like that was created good, um, in the words of um, Wal- uh, Walter Wink, um, but fell into corruption and is in need of redemption. Um, and I, this is all just a roundabout way of of talking about this just fascinating, mysterious um, conflation of the individual and the whole, not just of people, but even of God. God is referred over and over and over again in the plural form, gods. Like if we were, you know, just the the, the straightforward, plain language <laughs> reading of God's name is gods, but you use it as though it were a singular, just as you would Israel is this individual's name, but you use it to refer to everyone who's a one of the uh, you know a member of his uh, descent. Um, and the military, you know, when we talk about units, I'm a, uh, there's a I share this very difficult story, and it it fascinates me that it's difficult for me. Um, but um, there's a, a young man who who killed himself as a student veteran um, at Duke, and I'd gotten there two years after he took his own life, um, and it was just kind of disturbing that that happened. But then one year, 2017, uh, spring of 2017, somehow I learned that he was in my exact same battalion and that we had served at the same time for an unknown number of months before I, uh, I PCS'd, I, I transitioned to Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, and he, with our battalion, deployed to Iraq in uh, uh, January of 2003 for the invasion. And something about the fact that we were both in the same battalion, that we worked together, I probably met him, given my military occupational specialty, somehow that really got to me at a different level. Um, it may have actually been 2016 when I learned this, I can't remember. Um, but there's something about when you belong to this greater whole, when there's no distinction um, collectively, I, you know, in this weird sense, between you and another person, that, that bond, that camaraderie is all the more strong. Um, you know, in Israel, uh, you know, the... The fact that you and your you know, your kin were in trouble would you know it's, this is what it means to have being human relationship, and it's even reflected in God, God's self. Um, that God is actually a, a plural word, gods, that we use singularly. I just I it 
it's so fascinating to me um, and inspiring to know that there's something mysterious and good in um, in attaching yourself to something bigger than you, uh, something greater and grander um, and larger and more numerous than you, and yet you still maintain your own individuality within the individual collective whole. A prayer for the whole human family, adapted from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all cultures and genders may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.